Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, this is Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell's Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And we can do all of those things right in the middle of the craziness of whatever's going on in our life, right in the middle of the upset the challenge, the joy, the love, right? Because life is all of it at one time. You know, I've had many ups and downs over this last year, and I'm sure you have too, and we will again, right? It doesn't take a pandemic to uh, provide challenge or a need to be agile and creative in our thinking and in our responses. But early on last spring, at the start of all this, I noticed something interesting. My often anxious teenage daughter was more relaxed. She was less anxious during the day. She was sleeping better at night. Her focus was keener. She was able to concentrate more. And that was interesting because right in the middle of this, we were going through a a lockdown, school, in-person school had been canceled. So we had a lot of change. There was also a lot of challenge sadness, some grief, some upset. But in the middle of all of that, she was calmer, right? It's been a stressful and confusing year in a lot of ways. And everyone in this house has felt anger or impatience or sadness, opportunity, excitement at various times throughout the year. But in all of that, we've also experienced growth and our resilience has increased. I noticed it last year as my daughter started adapting to the changes. I felt it too when she felt a sense of ease as community restrictions and our personal decision to strictly limit our social interactions and stay home caused life to slow down. When you have fewer decisions to make, there's less pressure. No fear of missing out, no anxiety after driving through traffic and trying to make it to an appearance or an appointment on time, right? That used to really be a source of stress for me. There's no upset about not getting invited or not because our physical world became smaller for a time. And even while our physical world became smaller, our emotional and intellectual world flourished. Now, research from a team of international scientists shows that our experience isn't an isolated one. Many of you have felt this too. Researchers surveyed nearly 400 parents or people who otherwise care for children ages 6 to 16. These are people that were caring for these kids full-time while working exclusively from home. And more than half experienced a significant reduction in income during the pandemic. 90% of all these kids were also being homeschooled during this time. So these people had all the pressures that you and I had, parenting and schooling and managing work from home, even while our income was dropping away. Many of these people in the study also had a relative 
with COVID-19 or had been infected themselves. So there were some real world concerns. All were experiencing the highest levels of stress. And yet 80% of the people surveyed said they were experiencing some positive outcomes as a result of the pandemic and the severe limitations on the world. I love this idea. Researchers call it post-traumatic growth. We can't always avoid the trauma in our life, but even within the trauma, we have an opportunity to grow from it. So while COVID-19 has been devastating in many ways, and that is true, it isn't the only truth. It's also led to resilience and growth, an increase in opportunities, a deeper connection with our loved ones in many ways. Post-traumatic growth occurs when individuals experience positive feelings and outcomes after a stressful or traumatic event. That feels so hopeful to me because we know stressful or traumatic events are going to come down in life. This won't be the only one. And trauma does leave its mark. But what are we talking about when I say trauma? What does that mean? Trauma is a person's unique experience of an event or a condition such as ongoing abuse, where the person feels emotionally overwhelmed and unable to process and cope with that overwhelm. So going forward, they may continue to have flashbacks, mood swings, headaches, uh, physical symptoms, aches and pains, psychological stresses as a result of this event or ongoing condition which caused trauma, which caused harm. We've all experienced trauma in our life. And it's a personal deal. Well, as being a prisoner of war or a victim of abuse or rape can cause trauma for some people. Other people can feel trauma from uh, not having friends as a child or from being ridiculed publicly or humiliated. So it's a personal thing. What causes trauma in you may be different than how I feel it, how I experience it, what causes it in me. So there's no judgment passed here. But the point is that despite feelings of trauma, experience of, of extreme upset, conditions that cause hardship and pain, we can also experience growth and come through those moments. So in this study with, you know, all these parents and guardians who are homeschooling, trying to keep their office, their work going despite a loss of income, many who were sick with COVID or dealing with health stresses of family members, high levels of stress, they also cited specific examples where they thought their life was better than before. In the study, nearly half of these people said the pandemic improved their family relationships. Almost a quarter say they have greater appreciation of life and they have reconsidered what's most important to them. They are enjoying the simple pleasures more often than the material things of the past. Others said they've become healthier. They've adopted a healthier lifestyle, experienced spiritual growth, greater compassion and community. And they're feeling more balanced. They're experiencing a greater life balance between work and home. Absolutely, I feel many of these things right? I think there's always silver linings for me. And even during some of the most difficult times, I've been so grateful to have this time at home with my daughter. 
I've been uh, grateful to have my husband in and out more often. We have connected in a positive way. We've started talking to each other uh, in more meaningful ways. We were, we've always been close, but we were talking, you know, around what to do with the kid and what to eat for dinner and what the schedule is like for work and the weekend. And now because I'm not running people to and from school or heading out to dinner with my friends or whatever it is we're doing, I'm finding that our conversations are a little slower and a little more interesting and deeper. My income has dropped off, but I've also used this time to learn some new things and take some classes that I otherwise wouldn't have had time for when I was working many longer hours, right? The opportunities that we have for growth right now and during any of the ups and downs in our life don't downplay the struggles or stress we experience. But by also recognizing that positive things can emerge from the dramatic and traumatic times, we become more resilient. Believing that things will improve and we will grow through them, rise like the phoenix, also creates more optimistic behavior. And we tend to take more positive actions that actually change our life in a positive way and boosts our mental health, which is a biggie right now, anytime really. But right now it's important that we stay grounded within ourselves. And when we find these areas of growth from the trauma, that really helps with everything else going forward because we see our strength, we feel empowered and we feel capable of going through troubling times again in a way that will elevate our experience, right? Because things have changed doesn't mean that they all have been bad changes. Post-traumatic growth is about recognizing all sides of the story. Trauma does leave its mark, but it's not only a bad one. We can recover. We can grow from difficult experiences, not by denying the difficulty, but by recognizing all that can come from it. So how do we do that? What does post-traumatic growth look like? First of all, I want to say off the bat, don't force yourself. Just notice yourself. Notice how your body is feeling. Become mindful of the thoughts that are going through your head. Are you prone to silver linings? Or do you have to create that storyline? Because we know that stories we create influence the life we live. So can you be the hero in your own story? Can you recognize the hardship and adversity? Question that. Explore that. Be conscious to the pain you've experienced. Not suppressing it, just noticing it, not judging it. And then can you rewrite the ending to the story? Right? For a long time, this felt very hard for me. And had I continued to play that story through my life about how hard this was for me and how I didn't know how I was going to teach my daughter and all these things... I mean, still challenging, right? But had I continued to replay the story without ever rewriting the ending, I would have been stuck in that. Instead, if this is a situation we're going to face, be faced with, and if this is the decision I'm making to keep my family home, I'm going to rewrite the ending so that I'm the hero in my own story. And I want you to do that too, right? Because when we change how we talk about our lives, when we rewrite that story, When the pandemic becomes a story of growth and accomplishment and success, we start living from that place. 
And there's a lot of research to back this up, right? Again, not denying the hardship, acknowledging that it's part of our experience and we're rising to it and moving through it, okay? Reframing is one way to get us to edge into and process our experiences so the trauma doesn't stick. And reframing is really just looking at all sides of the issue, right? There are many ways of seeing are challenging experiences. And and you can look around. People are telling different sides of the story all over the place. Some are thriving and have written books and, and made tons of money and and you know improved their family relationships or grown. And others have been very afraid and sad and lonely. That's true. Both of those stories are true. Reframing calls you out and says, evaluate the different sides of the story, evaluate the different perspectives, and then pick one that feels a little better. It doesn't deny the truth of the others. It just recognizes that since there are many ways to look at a situation, we can move into one that looks a little more positive. And right now, particularly, people are working their tails off to get these vaccines out. Volunteers are stepping up Right, we're learning how to be in relationship in a new way. Our kids, rather than being sheltered and diminished by this experience, are learning to build resilience and compassion and tolerance. They are becoming agile and there's nothing I want my daughter to know more than how to adapt and roll with life because that's gonna be something she needs to know every day from here on out, no matter what she faces. All right, so how do you start reframing? You just sit back and say, okay, what's the story I'm telling myself? All right, here's one side of the situation, and you tell that, or write it, or just think about it. Then what's another way I could look at this situation? For example, I'll give you a simple one. Sometimes at the end of the day, after I've had a long work day or a lot to think about in, in writing, there's a lot of decisions to make when you write a story or a chapter lots of research, lots of things to figure, right? By the end of the day, that can really leave me depleted sometimes. And I wind up at the end of the day telling the story, oh, I don't even have a single idea for dinner. There's nothing I can come up with here. I don't know what to make. The reality is, of course, I can come up with something for dinner. I just don't want to. I'm tired. I don't want to cook, right? So that's another side of the story. One side of the story is I don't know what to make. The other side is I don't feel like cooking. Another side of the story is I'm so grateful to have such healthy food in my refrigerator. It's going to be fun to put in together a, a creative meal or I can make it fun to put together a creative meal. You see how that works? We tell stories all the time about the big things and the little things in our lives. When we tell the story about how we cannot, how we can't, we don't have enough energy or intelligence or money. That's true. But when we reframe the situations of our life to take in all the angles and then stay closer to the story where we're the hero, where there's a more positive bent to it, that's true too. And that actually elevates our experience. So we tend to be more resilient, more productive, calmer, and we're able to move through the difficulty easier. Okay. It's okay to notice the difficulty. I'm never about suppressing. I notice it all and I feel it all. I, I take it all in through the energy and filter it through my body. But in that noticing, take a minute too to record the positive things.
And that brings us to the Simply Start segment today where we talk about how to apply these practices in our own life. Just take a minute, get mindful, put your feet on the ground, get in a comfortable position. And I want you to think about the story. Stating facts, what are some of the things that you experienced? I experienced not going to a restaurant for a year and a half so far. I experienced being home with my daughter every day. I experienced not being able to hug my parents or my sister or my friends for over a year. I experienced sadness. I experienced a book being published. I experienced writing a book when I was sharing an office with my teenager and my husband, right? Those are all part of my experiences. No judgment there in any of them. They're just statements of what happened. So I want you to simply start there. What has happened this year? Name five things, list them out, straight facts. Now, I'm curious what you feel about those things because it's the emotion that we add to our story that determines how well we live with it. So the sadness, right? That was a difficult emotion. That has been a difficult thing to process. The fact that I wasn't able to hug the people I love has been a difficult thing to process. I've missed that a lot. But instead of highlighting this sense of limitation or loss or grief, I've noticed that. I felt that in my body. But another part of that story is it's really taught me how much I value some of these relationships and how some of the others, they can slip away. We can move on in separate directions, still caring for each other, but not needing to be as close as we once were, right? So... I think that's a way of reframing that situation because in the loss of not being able to be close to the people I love, I've also understood how much I value them. And that makes me feel better when I think of that. That brings on feelings of gratitude and appreciation. And that's where the growth happens. So I want you to take a look at a few of the actual things that happened, three or five things, personal specific things. Then I want you to think about the other side of those things. What's another perspective? If there's been a loss of work, maybe another perspective is that has left more time for me to spend with my kids. I don't know what it is for you, but you can see. I want you to pick a different couple angles. And then I want you to notice the goodness that has come from that situation and how you can use that change that shift, that goodness going forward, right? Because when we reframe our circumstances, we also need to take a look at realigning our values so they continue to fit. This year has changed many things for me, and I've outgrown some things. And you recharged, I write about how we can struggle when we have a disconnect between our values and behaviors, and yet often we don't take a look at our values, and we outgrow them, right? Family may be not your number one value when your kids are, are small, and then your kids move out and go to college or get a job or start their own family. Now, family might still be your top priority, You're one of your top values, but the way it manifests and plays out in daily life changes. So it might not be the thing you need to align with in as directly on daily life as it is when you have young kids around. So as you begin to reframe some of the experiences of the last year or even the last days, take a look at your values. Do your behaviors and experiences and the things you're spending your time on, the things you're doing, 
fit with who you are now. It's okay. We outgrow our values all the time. We change our behaviors all the time. Things that I loved 20 years ago, there is no way I want to spend time doing now. So this is a good time as we step back into this changing world. It's always changing. The pandemic was just a stark reminder, right? But we're always changing, and so is the world. We're dynamic beings. But realign your values to make sure they fit with where your energy is going, your creative energy, your mental energy, your love energy, your emotional energy, your physical energy. If you say a healthy body, staying healthy is one of your top values and you're eating poorly and and not exercising or moving at all in the day, one of those things need to go to take the pressure off you. Otherwise, you're going to feel guilty and bad the whole time. Maybe you'll decide that a healthy body isn't one of your top three or five values right now. Let it go. Realign your behaviors to fit, realign your values to fit your behaviors. Or you might decide to change your behaviors to align with your values. When those two are in alignment, we feel better and more purposeful and we're a whole lot more relaxed. It's good to reassess things we care about. There's no wrong answers here. Just make sure that you're investing more of the time, more of the thought, more of the emotional energy in the things that matter to you. And to do that, you have to know what they are, right? And finally, part of post-traumatic growth is self-compassion. We've been through unique experiences and The pandemic is only one of them, right? We have lived long lives of challenging experiences and fulfilling and gratifying experiences, awesome things. Look back at those as you reframe, as you realign your values, as you step into who you are now fully and authentically. Be gentle. Look at you go, right? We need to be gentle and honest with ourselves. You can be aware of the ups and downs your strengths and weaknesses without belittling yourself, without the inner critic coming in and judging and putting you down. Notice your mistakes, the things you can do with them, the things you've learned, how you'll move forward, improving and growing as humans do. But be gentle. It's when we recognize our humanity as these complex people that do great things and terrible things, smart things and dumb things, When we meet all that with self-compassion, we can actually use all of that to transform our own lives and bring great energy to the world. That's when amazing things happen for all of us. We fly along in each other's wake and we pick up that momentum and ride the waves together and we elevate this whole experience. That brings us to the Simply Nifty. And today it's a quote from the... Former football player Joe Namath, he says this, when you have confidence, you can have a lot of fun. And when you have fun, you can do amazing things. When you have fun, you can do amazing things. We can do amazing things all day long. We are wired for it. It's part of our biology. All we have to do is show up with our best energy. And if you've experienced trauma in your life and hardship and struggle, right, you're human. We've all experienced those things in our own way, and we can rise above it. We can learn about ourselves, we can grow through it, and we can all experience post-traumatic growth. We don't have to do it alone. We can read and reach out to each other and get therapy from licensed professionals, which has always been helpful to me. The point is we don't have to stay stuck in that pain. 
we have the amazing capacity to rewire, recharge, and grow our way through it. We can do that now. We can do that together. And I know many of you are strong and resilient already. I am seeing your amazingness in all things every day. So thank you for giving that to the world. And remember your strength and your ability to grow through the tough times. All right. You want to talk more about this? Track me down. You can find me on Facebook at Polly Campbell Author. You can join me on my website at www.pollycampbell.com and sign up for the newsletter. We talk about these things throughout. I let you in on events that are coming up, other ideas, uh, stories from other people. It's just a chance to keep these ideas going. What I find is when we come together and read and talk about these things, we are inspired to create them in our own life. And, And that's why I do this work. For me, right? To talk about the things I want to remember and experience and and practice. So I'm hoping that you find benefit in that too. So today, take a minute and think about the ways you have grown through this last year or through other moments in your life. Reframe the picture to make sure you take in not just the hardship, but the ways you've excelled through the adversity. I know you've done it. We're capable of so much. And I believe in us to find our way through. Take care, have a good week, and now go out, live well, do good, and be happy. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B, and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.